Hello everyone and welcome to Education Checkup. I'm Johnette Magner. We are a weekly podcast here at KTBS that covers what is happening in education in Northwest Louisiana. And we especially like to highlight the many good things that some of you don't always hear about. My co-host for the podcast is Dr. Philip Roseman. He is a well-known cardiologist in Northwest Louisiana, but what you may not know is that he has also been a true leader in education reform and improvement across the state. He's the founder of the Alliance for Education, co-founder of the shreveport Bossier Business Alliance for Higher Education, and he received the Distinguished Friend of Education Award from the Louisiana Department of Education, and that was for all of his good work. So, Dr. Roseman, would you like to now introduce our guest and our topic for today? I would be proud to, because we're going to talk to the comeback kids today, okay? yes. uh, and I'll we'll 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 explain that in just a minute. But uh, I have with me today from Bozier Elementary School. Uh, Principal Dr. Norsha Lacey. Yes. Uh, she is a 2015 Teacher of the Year, yes. so she knows what it means to be a great teacher. Um, and four years ago, uh, became the principal at Bozier Elementary. Basically, has turned Bozier Elementary around as far as the turnaround school. Yes. Uh, she said this, and I, I just want to read this, and we'll talk a little bit about it as we go along. But you wrote, you wrote that. The secret sauce was empowered teachers and students and building confidence through building school cultures, establishing consistency and increasing capacity and fostering community partnerships. Yes. And that was pretty much your uh, thoughts about how we came to be in the Louisiana Comeback School. Uh, Ms. Stroud, uh, Rachel Stroud, is assistant principal, has been there just one year less, uh, but has been her assistant principal since the beginning of this turnaround yes. for Bossier Elementary. Uh, and before that, it was a classroom teacher, I think, at Kingston Elementary. Right. Mm -hmm. We're happy to have you both, and we're going to mm -hmm. learn a lot today, and, and hopefully others will learn a lot uh, by your experiences. But just to tell the um, audience about Louisiana Comeback School. What, what did that entail? What does that mean? Right, because that's an official title. That's not that's not just what we're calling you. Right. Hey, they're the right. comeback kids. <laughs> right. Right. right, right. Yes, we have been designated by the LDOE a Louisiana comeback school, which simply means that we had more students to earn a mastery on LEAP test this year than we had prior to COVID. So lots of growth in achievement scores on our LEAP test. Fantastic. And did, did not y'all have a, uh, I believe Kay Brumley came down? For Dr. Brumley made a special visit to congratulate us and it was, it was an amazing thing because that's not something that you see every day, the Louisiana State Superintendent coming to visit your school. So we were honored to receive this designation by him. And it's something you could be really proud of. There's uh, how many? Do you know how many schools? And what many? One in Bossier Parish. Uh, there I may think be one in Caddo that I know of. Yes. Maybe thirty or forty around the state. And that, right. There's a whole lot more schools mm -hmm. than that. So, right. um, uh, tell us how you did it. I mean, in terms of, um, you know, we've talked to a lot of principals on this show uh, about COVID right. and what COVID did and is continuing to be. Uh, a nemesis mm -hmm. uh, and trying to catch kids up. How did you keep them caught up? How did you catch them up? How did they prosper so well despite these tough times? 
Well, I really attribute it to what I call the four C's, and that's kind of what you mentioned earlier, culture. Um, we had to come in and change the culture. When I first got there, we were in a unique situation. We were the lowest performing elementary school in Bossier Parish, and so we were already low. There was nowhere to go but up for us. So we changed the culture. We gave the teachers a voice. We empowered our students. We gave affirmations every morning. They needed to know that we believed in them. And then once they saw that we believed in them, they began to believe in themselves and then they began to perform. Tell me about the affirmation. And I know this is needed in, in any great workplace, but mm -hmm. especially in schools, the affirmation for teachers, the affirmation for students, the empowerment of teachers. Right. Uh, Tell me a little bit about how you do that. Any specific things, any things that you could share with other educators? So we do morning announcements every morning, mm -hmm. and we have this affirmation that we do with our children. It's, virt it's um, Google, where they get on a Google Meet and they see us, and we all say that, and I'll let Ms. Ms. Stroud talk about that. Okay, yeah, so every single morning our students will get together and um, we have representatives from the classroom and with us standing there. And I think that's the biggest thing is that they see us every single day and they hear from us every single day. And so we have a pledge that we all say together and it's basically, I am somebody. Um, and it, there's a whole thing, it's really amazing. Um, I'd love for y'all to hear it all. Yep. Oh, yeah. please do oh, okay. yes. so you, you, you okay. lead and then I'll do what we do. Okay. okay, that put me on the spot. Okay. okay. I am somebody. I am somebody. I was somebody when I came. I was somebody when I came. And I'll be a better somebody when I leave. And I'll be a better somebody when I leave. I am powerful. I am powerful. I am strong. I am strong. I deserve the education I get here. I deserve the education I get here. I have things to do. I have things to do. People to impress. People to impress. And places to go. And places to go. I am somebody. 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 And, and so they hear that every yeah, morning. Every day. Okay, we're done. We're right. Right. That's oh, right. Oh my God. Yeah, that's we're so but yeah. they believe it. They believe it's it. not something that they say. It's right. something that they mean. They mean it. And they know we mean it. Because you're backing it up. Absolutely. In the classroom. So, in the so they say it with you? They say they, it with so it. Our students leader. will lead it. Mm -hmm. So we'll have about four students that come in every morning. It's a new set of students every single morning. They lead it. The entire school repeats it. And this is every day. And that's from the great educator, Rita Pearson. She was talking about that on a TED Talk. And it just it rang true for me. And so I said, well, why can't we do this mm -hmm. at our school? And so we brought that and made it our own, really. And it has taken off. And they truly believe they are somebody. And if they come to our offices for some discipline issues or something like that, we're like, don't you have people to impress today? Being down here in this office is not what you need to be doing. <laughs> so we things to do. things to do. <laughs> yeah. And so we bring that to them and they, it's, it's really powerful. You know, thinking about this and the power of positive self-talk, because oh. we all know the, the conversations we have in our heads about ourselves are sometimes the very cruelest conversations. Yes. We say things to ourselves we would never say to someone else is mm -hmm. the way I often describe it. Mm -hmm. But I think you're, you're almost retraining the brain to say 
something good to yourself. Absolutely, mm -hmm. because a lot of our children don't receive that at home. And so we take it personal. It's our jobs to prepare our children to become productive citizens in the community. And if we can change that mindset right now to begin to value yourself and value education, who knows where they'll become. So that's the, the change of culture. What other things have you done in changing the culture? Because that's very hard to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard to do in any place you are, mm -hmm. not the least of which is in schools. Mm -hmm. But tell, tell us about that. Other things you're doing in, the, in changing school culture. The mornings are so powerful. Yeah, the mornings are very powerful. Um, and I also feel like our teachers know that they have a voice. Mm -hmm. So we had to start with our teachers. We had to let them know, you know, you, we hear you. We know that this is challenging. You're not in this alone. We are servant leaders. And so wherever they need us, we're not just, I got you, but I got you. What can we do to help you be successful in your classroom? Because when you're successful, our children are going to be successful. And that's our ultimate goal. So teacher voice was huge. They had to know that we believed in them as well. Teacher mindset on that as well. I remember when we first started and we would hear a lot, my kids can't, my kids can't, mm -hmm. you don't understand. And we had to end that right away. Mm -hmm. It was no more of that. Mm -hmm. We weren't keeping the bar here any longer. So we made it very clear. Our bar was gonna be here yes. for our kids just like it is at any other school. Mm -hmm and no more of that our kids can't because they can. So did you lose a lot of teachers or were these the same teachers and they bought into this thing and they're the same people? Oh, absolutely not. We've lost quite a few teachers along the way and for different reasons and whatever those reasons are, we respect those reasons, but we know that we needed to continue and, and get some people on our team who had the same mindset, the same vision, we're gonna stop at nothing because we show them that we were stopping at nothing to change our school. And so that's, those are the people that we needed on our team and that's where we are right now. And that reminds me of something, Dr. Roseman, I've heard you say so many times that the first thing you gotta do is get the right people on the bus. Right. Yes. In the right seat. In the right seat. And that's hard. And that's the behind the scenes things that people don't see and people don't know. And so that wasn't easy. It wasn't easy on us. Mm -hmm. um, that was probably the hardest part of the beginning for sure. Mm -hmm. And so now that we've gotten it to where it needs to be, we can have a little bit more fun. Forward motion. Yeah. Forward motion. Forward motion. <laughs> well, uh, one of the things you also said is establish consistency, which mm -hmm. is another thing that's hard to do in a school mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you're not talking about manufacturing widgets. You're right. talking about kids and right. human beings and they're right. all really different. Right. We had that same problem in healthcare, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, because we're dealing with people. So how do you establish, what did you do to establish consistency where people knew where you stood and where you were going? So we'll start with just consistency in leadership. There were so many changes with leadership and we wanted our staff, faculty, and students to know that we were in it to win it. We were not gonna just be a fly-by-night, a one-year here. Um, we wanted them to know, you can believe in our vision because we're going to be here. And so we made a pact that we were going to stay together. We're not gonna continue to allow people to come in and out because new leadership, new ideas, new visions. And so they, we needed something to stick to in order to be able to make that positive change. Yeah. Um, 
then one of the other things you talked about was fostering community partnerships. And I know Bossier Elementary is a historical school. I mean, yes. it's been there a long time. I, you can tell me how long. I, I'm not sure quite how long. Over but 100 years. Over 100 years. Yes. Okay. Wow. Uh, Bossier Elementary's been there. Mm -hmm. And so it's got a lot of history. Yes. You know, and... Uh, uh, and there's a lot of people that probably are in the community that went to Bossier Elementary mm -hmm. still, but how, how did you foster the community partnerships? Who did you go to? You know, who helped out in Bossier mm -hmm. schools to help make this happen? We have a couple of people. We didn't necessarily go out in the beginning because we were just kind of trying to find our way, but we have a couple of people who came in and they wanted to know, how can we support you? And um, North Point Community Church, Cumberland Farms were the two that we've started with and that are still holding true to where we are. Um, and Cumberland is um, a group that is comprised of men and women of courage. They bought like a friendship house in the community and our children go there after school on weekends to be supported in whatever way that they offer. But they also partner with us because they give them points for staying in our after-school tutoring, any type of events that we have. So it's like a reciprocal relationship. We help them, they help us, and it's got, gotten really huge. Mm -hmm. um, and then North Point Community Church, they give us uniforms, they school provide supplies. school supplies, they help out with our uh, teacher's appreciation. I mean, they pour into us, and we definitely appreciate those um, community partnerships. Anyone else that you want to Mention. Definitely. I know um, anytime we reach out to anybody, it's they are mm -hmm. always willing. So a lot of the churches um, in the mm -hmm. community have really poured into us. But um, Simple Church, Simple church yes. has been huge. Cypress, Baptist, um, but all the local churches. But with um, Cumberland, it's not just you know, what do you need this time? We have meetings with them pretty regularly mm -hmm. where they come in and we'll sit with them mm -hmm. and you know, they know our kids, they know our parents moreover. Yeah. Um, and so, and she said that the students will get points, um, but the parents also do as well. Right. So when the parents are participating in our events at the school, they can earn points to buy different things. Um, so it's almost like they have a little grocery store um, in one of the rooms of the home. So that's been huge especially because we struggled so much with parent involvement. Mm -hmm. And so they've really helped us with that. Now, uh, it's interesting to hear, you know, with the churches being involved. And um, I know we do a little bit of that for my Sunday school class, but it doesn't take even a whole church. A Sunday school mm -hmm. class mm -hmm. could be helpful in just building the morale yeah. of, of teachers and, and uh, at the school, mm -hmm. just knowing that somebody cares mm -hmm. about them. and. You know, so I think that's a great potential for not only your school, but as I t talk, you know, other uh, Sunday school classes mm -hmm. or other churches mm -hmm. that want to get involved. I'm sure that people, you're willing to, to oh, have yeah. the church come help. Yeah. You know, it's just people that are partnering to, to do something positive for the community. And, you know, we don't have a lot of parental support as far as like teachers appreciation, like giving gifts and things like that. And Ms. Stroud developed a, um, a program, Room Mom program to where she just kind of put it out there. Listen, we, you know, would love for you to support our teachers because 
you know, we don't have a lot of parental support in that area. And she had so many people to sign up. And so each room, each teacher has a room mom. And so like for their birthdays or just because or holidays, they come and bring something to their teachers, which like you said, boost their morale, lets them know that somebody on the outside cares about you. So this is a room mom, not necessarily with their child in that class. It's completely oh. different than you would think. So um, as you mentioned, I worked at Kingston for several years. And um, before that, I was at Legacy. And just these schools where, of course, the parental uh, support is overwhelming. You know, um, I never did without as a, as a teacher. Um, and even with my own kids and she's a mom and so she's always doing things for her teachers and so that's kind of the thing that people don't realize um, you know when I worked at a school like that my birthday it was like a huge party you know mm -hmm. and the gifts were overwhelming and like she mentioned uh, teacher turnaround in a school like ours is very high and when I looked at it and I came from a school where you know they just poured into us as teachers and then I came here and it's like, you know, gifts don't really matter in the mm -hmm. big picture. However, if you are a new teacher and you're at a school like ours and Facebook is powerful and you see um, all these gifts and all this money being poured into teachers, you know, you kind of wonder what that might be like and you want a little taste of that. Yeah. And so that's, a, you know, honestly, that's a reason why some teachers want to try a different school um, just to get that little bit of extra and be spoiled a little bit. So with this, they are not parents of our students. Um, it's just Sunday school teachers, retired teachers, um, just different women from the community. We've even had some men. And so um, I call it room mom just because they're the people that when it's the teacher's birthday, they'll do a little something extra. Valentine's Day, we've had several of the room moms dropping off um, Valentine's that the kids can pass out to each other because that's another thing. Our kids might not come with Valentine's to give to each other. So our room moms are providing that for the kids to be able to pass out to each uh, other. It's a novel and Isn't very it? interesting idea. Oh. I mean, to, because again, where some schools may have an overabundance of, right. of mm -hmm. moms, maybe some of those moms could go help in, in <laughs> other schools and maybe not as many. And the idea of having grandparents or mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. in the community or retired teachers mm -hmm. being involved uh, you know that's just a it's a, it's a great idea mm -hmm. one i've not heard before and i think <laughs> i commend you for you know we often talk about um the children whose parents are not engaged and mm -hmm. i think a lot of people wonder why they're not engaged mm -hmm. and and perhaps mistakenly think it's because they they don't care about their mm -hmm. kids talk about the situation with some uh, some of your parents so that we better understand kind of where they're coming from and what their their lives are like that make it difficult for them to engage the way other parents often do sure so when I was a teacher of course I was at a different school um, and the parents were hardworking it wasn't that they didn't want to be a part, but working two to three jobs to survive, right? And so that did not leave very much room for them to be able to participate in the education of their child. And so I can't blame them for wanting 
to survive. Of course, you do have some who don't value education maybe as much as I do, but everybody has a different story. And whatever that story is, that's their story, but it is my job as their teacher then, my job as their principal now to ensure that whatever we do every day, we do it to the best of our ability, whether their parent is involved or not. I have to make sure, we have to make sure that they are being successful. They all have their different battles and they mm -hmm. all have their different situations. And that's what I was saying when I said the mornings are so powerful because our kids come in and um, they come in with their own worries, with their own problems, with dirty uniforms, without having had a night's sleep. And so they walk past us every single morning, every student. They will see us every single day, every single morning. And um, the second we see one that it's evident that their night was off, we immediately pull them to the side. Mm -hmm. We have those pep talks. We change them into clean uniforms. We do whatever we need to do to send them off to class so they can be successful. Mm -hmm. So that's been huge. And we both have personal connections with why we are so passionate about what we do. I was from a single parent household, mom struggling to try to you know, ensure that her four children, you know, get to school. And there were days we didn't know where our next meal was coming from. But that's why I am so passionate about what we are doing. I don't care if you don't have a uniform, just get here. If you can get here, we're going to meet your need here. And we're going to make sure you have a uniform. We're going to make sure you eat. But that's because of my journey, right? So my journey prepared me to be on this journey with where we are right now. And it makes me love what I do even more because I've been there. Yeah. Well, you know, again, and what you've done in terms of improving scores, things better after the pandemic than before, that is a total reversal of what we, we hear when we, we've talked to a lot of educators on this program about the impact of the pandemic. So what did y'all do kind of specifically as it related to the, uh, to the pandemic? And we hear things like depression, behavior problems, mm -hmm. academic problems, because you've lost a certain length of school, no matter mm -hmm. if you most right. probably didn't have a computer necessarily mm -hmm. in your school to do all the things that need to be done. So almost a lost year, how'd you catch it up? There was so many moving <laughs> parts to that. Um, but we, I mean, picked it up by our bootstraps and we kind of pushed through it. So the year before, um, we were already working on some good processes with our teachers, getting some, uh, like becoming more data driven. So we already knew what we wanted to do. And I always say, even though COVID was such a downtime in our society, we really, kind of appreciated that time because it helped us refine our processes without a, without the worry of having to take that test, yeah. right? Uh -huh. So we kind of, that's how we pushed through. I mean, the kids, yeah. they took the Chromebooks home. We are one-to-one, -one. Title I school. They give us the funds to be able to do those things. So every kid, we, know, we had computers or we made um, paper handouts and things like that, but it wasn't in that. It was in what we were doing, perfecting our craft so that once, this COVID was over as we knew it then, because of course it's right. still here, but as we knew it then, we were able to just go full throttle into it because we had already used that time as our practice time. And you know, 
uh, John Ed, it's the uh, you know you just don't see you know turnaround schools all the time, no. and so it's it's wonderful to sit here and talk to people that are doing it and have done it and have shown success. It makes you feel like you know it can be done. These changes can be made. You know things can get better, okay. uh, and um, with good leadership, with a plan, uh, with all the things that you put forward, always thinking about the next step. You know all of that great leadership in Bozier Parish, Bozier Elementary. You know should be proud of having you two. Uh, leading the school Thank and important. They are so blessed to have Thank you. Thank you. I think that maybe that's why we're principal of the year around here <laughs> for Bozier Parish, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's not without its challenges. We've mm -hmm. kind of gotten behind closed doors. Not for doors. the week. It's not for the week. We've gotten behind closed doors many times and just. I mean, I've. I've shed some tears along the way, you know, because you never know what's going to hit you. You never know, you know, what the right way is because there's not a book written. This is what you do. So we had to figure it out along the way. But we are so proud of the work that our teachers have done Absolutely. because they are the ones who are in the trenches. They are the ones who are making us shine. And so Absolutely. when we shine, they shine. We're going to shine that light right back on them because it's them we're doing the work. And they've stuck with us yeah. and they've stuck through it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, there's one, I like to ask a, a kind of a final question of folks uh, on, on, uh, on the video cast. And one is, uh, uh, I want to ask each one of you, uh, what do you love about Shreveport Bossier? Why are you still here? You know, what, what keeps you here in Shreveport Bossier? Because we hear the negative things. Mm. Shreveport Bossier is my home. I don't know any other place but Shreveport Bossier. Um, lived here my entire life, and I've lived in many different areas of Shreveport Bossier. You know, from the single parent home, mom trying to survive, we lived in many areas, but it, there's no place like home. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Okay. That's it. So I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and I moved here in high school with uh, my family. My dad's business brought us here. And um, even though I'm not from here, it's home for me. Um, all aunts, uncles, grandparents, they're all still in Memphis, but uh, this is my home and how I have community here and family here, and not just my intermediate family. Our friends have become family, um, our, our church home, and our school system, I have two daughters that have gone through the school system and it was just, there's nowhere else I would rather be or where I wanted my children to go. We're glad you're here. And one last question. I want you to, and you've already imparted a great deal of wisdom already. I hate to even ask you to, but, but talk to folks about what you, words of wisdom you have about you like to give to students or like to give to parents, like, like to give to community? What are some words of wisdom that you, you like to impart? I, my thing is you got to believe in yourself. You have to know, and this is to teachers and this is to my children as well. We believe in you, but that's not enough. You've got to learn to believe in yourself. And so that's what I stand on. I'm more the culture person, helping them know, empowering them, right? Being intentional about how I discipline them, being intentional about how I encourage them because every child needs a different thing. Every teacher needs a different thing. So it's just about that being intentional, knowing who you're working with 
and being intentional about what you say to them. I would say uh, our go-to phrase is spirit of excellence. Um, So that's what we always say. In everything that you do, have a spirit of excellence. And that goes for from the students to the parents to the teachers. Have those high expectations. And in everything you do, do it with excellence. Whatever that looks like for you, have a heart of excellence. Uh, yeah, and what's your passion? I uh, I just wanted to, to just, John, I'd just tell you the mission, okay, oh. that y'all uh, talk about is a, uh, it grabs me every child, every day, whatever, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yes. You know, that's to me, that's a turnaround school. That's, yes, that's that what is. you've done. We have lots of whatever it takes moments. <laughs> we say that all the time. <laughs> and when something happens, we'll be like, whatever, it, whatever takes. it takes. Moment. <laughs> yeah, right. And we just we roll with it. Well, you all are dynamos and we're thank so you. blessed to have you in our community. And thank you for joining us thank, today. Thank, thank you, thank you thank so you. much. Glad to be here. And thank you to all of you for joining us for Education Checkup. I'm Johnette Magner. Be sure to join us next week when we have another show. Hope you have a good day.